It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, the Oklahoma City Thunder have another comeback win over the Atlanta Hawks as Usman Jang keeps this team afloat and Josh Skiddy takes over in the fourth quarter. SGA is another 30-point game, but how did the Thunder win these games and their play style must just annoy other NBA teams? We'll talk about that coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Hello Thunderpod. Email the show, Hello Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're diving into the Oklahoma City Thunder taking on the Atlanta Hawks. Jalen Williams impressed in the first half. Usman Jang makes a positive impact on this game. And SGA just continues to thrive. We're also going to talk about Josh Giddy's incredible. I mean, incredible fourth quarter that he put together. Uh, thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And we're going to dive into this game. Starting out with, of course, our game overview. Kenny Hustle out with a knee sprain. He got tripped against Minnesota. Not sure if this knee sprain's in direct correlation to that or not. Had his best game against Minnesota, but now... He's out with a knee sprain. Him and Chet Holmgren, who of course is out for the year with a foot injury, are the only two truly injured players on the injury report. Lindy Waters still in the G League, so he's on the report just as a G League assignment. But beyond that, the Thunder had a clean bill of health in this game. Uh, the Thunder also, though, elected to not play Darius Baisley, Eugenio Morui, and Jalen Williams. They were all DNP CDs. For the Hawks, DeAndre Hunter was out. John Collins was out. The Thunder start out with Josh Giddy, SGA, Lou Dort, Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. That was also the exact same uh, players who are the five most minutes, which is kind of atypical. The Thunder kind of uh, usually start a, a group of five, and then the group of five at the end of the game that have the most minutes played is usually different. Not tonight. Tonight was the same five that had the most minutes played. The big thing t- tonight is that I think that the way that the Thunder play basketball has to just, it has to infuriate other teams. It has to just get under their skin so much. So the Thunder get off to a nice start. Not their typical, you know, go down 15 points right out of the shoot. They got off to a nice start. Then in the second quarter, they they, they kind of had to weather a storm. They got down by five, six, seven points. So they had to call a timeout. They regrouped nicely from that timeout and got it right back on the road. The car was right back on the road. But then the third quarter hit, and not in a good way for Oklahoma City. This was a rare time where the third quarter went wrong. 
And so as we celebrate this game and we celebrate the Thunder having a three-game winning streak and and, and you look and, you know, their, their record's looking mighty fine for a team that some pegged for 20 wins. Let's not forget the athletic, you know, the well-respected athletic, the well-respected John Hollinger predicted this team would only win 20 games, a four-game regression from where they were last year. The Thunder sit at 11 and 13. And so... While we celebrate that, let's remember what was being said in that third quarter, by myself included on Twitter. No effort, you know, embarrassing third quarter, no effort, turnovers, they just, they can't hold on to the basketball, no rebounding, just soft on the glass. The Thunder weren't getting any free throws, you know, SJ did not shoot his first free throw until the third quarter. And when you factor all that in, when it looks like the Thunder are finally going to have a game, where they're playing with no effort. Because other teams have to know with how much effort that they play by now. But when, when you're an opposing team and you see the Thunder, they finally give no effort. They finally don't have that third quarter punch right out of the gate. They're turning the ball over left and right. They're not getting on the glass. They're not putting a body on you whenever whenever a shot goes up. There, there's no free throws given to SGA until the third quarter. And they're in their second stop of a five-game road trip that spans 11 days and goes across four time zones. Again, all of them are against playoff teams. In the NBA, you're supposed to pace yourself. It's supposed to be load management. It's supposed to be a pack-it-in league. The Thunder are supposed to pack it in when all those things go against them. They had every excuse in the book to just pack it in and lose by 10 points and just call it a day. Right? The game was bleak. The game was, was sloppy. Both teams were, were, were not playing as crisp as they wanted to, of course. The Thunder were playing very sloppy themselves. This was a game where, typically, it's almost like a baseball unwritten rule, where you just pack it in and you move on. But not the Thunder. The Thunder somehow flip a switch and just wear and grind the other team down and are able to claw back in this game and then win it. The Thunder got down by... Uh, you know, 14 points in this one, so almost another four, uh, almost another 15-point comeback. And everything was going wrong. That, that, that of course, leads us to Usman Jang and, and, and to these young players who flipped the script. But remember that play where SGA is running the fast break, makes an amazing dump-off pass to Lou Dort, who blew a wide-open layup. Just blew a wide-open layup, which led to multiple... Just awful turnovers, and it also led to the biggest Hawks lead of the night. Things looked so dark, and at that moment, the game felt over. It felt over at that moment. The Thunder had to dig deep after that play. And then Usman Jang goes on a 5-0 run to end the third quarter by himself, gets OKC within 10 points. And Usman Jang provides that spark and provides that just electric play and positive play that you need. But the Thunder have to just annoy opposing teams. This team just simply competes. Look, I'm not sure. Again, as I've told you, as I've told you all year, this season's not about wins and losses, and I'm not sure how many they're going to get, but I can promise you they're going to be fun. This team is fun. At the end of the day, a game that at one point looked dark, looked lost, looked like they weren't showing you any effort, at some points looked like this was an embarrassing game in the sense of their worst effort performance uh, in a long, long time in Oklahoma City. Probably their worst effort in terms of just how it appeared on the screen in Mark's whole career. Then they just flip a switch and they compete. This team 
might still finish where I think they're going to finish is, you know, about five through eight, somewhere in there in the reverse standings on tankathon.com. That's where I think they're going to finish. But this team also could be a playing team. I'm not sure. And I don't think that the Thunder are going to do anything. I think that the Thunder are going to just let it play out. I don't think that they're sure either. I don't think that Sam Presti knows how this will play out, but I think that the Thunder are going to let it play out. But this team just has to annoy play. It has to annoy other players and other, and other fan bases and other organizations with the way that they never stop coming. They never stop coming. They never stop fighting. And in the NBA, that's kind of taboo. That's kind of outdated, so to say. But I want to talk about Usman Jang. I want to talk about Josh Giddy, SGA, and all the players that played well. But I do want to say right now that this show is brought to you by Turo. Turo is incredible. It's the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want whenever you want it. From a community of local hosts across the U.S., across U.K., Canada, Australia, forget boring old rental cars. Find your drive at Turo.com. Whether you need an SUV or a minivan for that family road trip, you need a pickup truck to run some errands, or you just want to test drive an EV, go to Turo because every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms and conditions, of course, apply. Forget boring or rental cars. Find your drive by going to Turo.com. They have everything you need for every occasion that you need it. Go check it out today, Turo.com. Check it out today. Forget about the boring rental car services, go to the largest and league-wide ride share out there at Turo.com. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, media member and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. The Thunder were led by Usman Jang in this one. Such a positive player in this game. A 5-0 run in the third, which got the Thunder back within 10. So many positive impact plays. 15 points, 5 rebounds, an assist to steal, Went three for four from three. And then from the floor, he shot six of eight. He looks really good and really comfortable on catch and shoot opportunities. Shooting off the dribble, shooting, you know, kind of with momentum and movement might lag behind a bit, but the catch and shoot three ball from Usman Jang just physically looks really, really good. And something that I think that gets kind of lost is how well Usman runs the break. Even without the ball in his hands, he's whenever he's just even filling in the lane and, and trying to uh, help the Thunder capitalize on a fast break, he knows when to be and where to go. 
And the Thunder have done a great job of drafting players who understand the game and understand film study and understand how to get better at stuff like that, at locations on the floor that you need to be standing in. That's half the battle. The real estate on the court is half the battle of getting open shots and producing good offense. So looked really good on the catch and shoot, looked really good running the break. And then to cap it all off as a cherry on top, he had this great drive through the lane where he, where he shot around the free throw line uh, over Vidkrechi and knocks it down off the dribble. Like there, there were just so many things that Usman Jang did in this game to show you that potential. And as I remind you with Jalen Williams, I have to remind you with Usman Jang as well. Usman Jang was picked 11th. Like he was picked 11th and the Thunder traded three first round picks for him. And I know that the first round picks had a lot of protections on them, but remember when the Thunder acquired those first round picks that they later flipped for Usman Jang, everyone was doing dances in the street. So we can't act like now they're just nothing. But Usman Jang is flashing high potential. And so when he flashes his potential, and he looked a lot better in the G League, as I told you on this podcast whenever he, he, got, he got recalled, he looked a lot better in the G League. When he flashes his potential, and the Thunder drafted him, and the Thunder traded three first-round picks to go get him, as smart as this organization is and this front office is, it makes you feel really good about the future. He plays really good defense for a rookie standards and shows a lot of um, promise to be able to be able to be a versatile lengthy defender that can switch, which is what the Thunder want to do. Usman Jang is coming into his own. Look at his last five games in the NBA. You're going to be very, very happy. Jalen Williams. He looked really good. What an amazing end of the half for Jalen Williams, by the way. He hits this running floater through the lane, going, going diagonal through the lane, then comes back on defense and locks down Trey Young to end the half. Just absolutely just tortured Trey Young. And locks him down, can't get a shot off at the end of the half. Which, by doing so, you take away what, what was going to be an automatic three points from Trey Young over the rookie Jalen Williams, who just locked him down. So you take those away, plus you have the two-point floater on the other end. That's a nice swing for OKC. Which, OKC, because of that floater and because of that great defense, goes into the half only down by five points. And so that first half by Jalen Williams, eight points, only one miss, two rebounds uh, in this contest. Here's how Jalen Williams finished, though. And this is the next step in the, in the evolution, the next step in his progression. So he gets eight points in the first half. In the second half, and so for the entire game, you know, in the totality of the game, Jalen Williams had 12 points, seven rebounds, an assist, a block. He went 0 for 1 from 3, finished 6 of 10 from the floor. The next step for him is to have really, is to have really have two good halves put together. Smush these two halves Play the same way, be as assertive and be as physical and be as aggressive as you were in the other half. And oftentimes for him, it's the second half. Like oftentimes for him, the first half is where he's not sleepwalking, but he's playing a little bit more timid than normal or, or, or than he can be playing. Deferring a lot more in the first half. And then he just comes alive in the second half. In this game, he played more timid offensively or, or kind of just floating around in the, offensively in the second half. And then in the first half, he, he played great, got eight points. And so for him, that, that's the next step, is putting together two halves. Because he does such a good job of, of flowing as a rookie and keeping the offense in rhythm and keeping the team in a, in a flow that sometimes it's okay for the ball to stick to you. Sometimes. 
They don't want to go too crazy. We've seen that happen with Darius Space. You don't want to go too crazy with when the ball sticks to you or what you do with the ball in your hands, but you can be a little bit more aggressive in certain instances can Jalen Williams. So as he gets going and as he progresses in his NBA career, that's the next thing to watch for. His defense improving, which it has. Like his defense looks really good for a rookie. And, and, you know, and that, that's, of course, the caveat there. It has to improve in general, but for a rookie, looks good. Uh, and he has these certain moments where he just locks down Trey Young and guys like that where the, he looks incredible defensively. He shows that potential with his length. He shows the potential to score at all three levels and play make on offense. He's just going to do it, sustain it for two halves, put two good halves together, which is the hardest part. That's the hardest part. And so we'll see how he does that throughout the rest of his career. But I've been really happy with this rookie class, the rookie class that we get to see. Obviously, Chad Holmgren is still waiting in the wings. But even Jalen Williams out of, out of Arkansas, he hasn't gotten the NBA opportunity yet. But in the G League, he corrected what the Thunder wanted him to do. You talk to Mark, you talk to Cam Woods, he, they both told me that, that the reason that Jay Will was down there with the blue is because they need to see him play with more force offensively. Well, he did that. He, just, he was dunking the ball more. He was communicating really well defensively, playing really good defense, and then offensively was dunking the ball more, was uh, being a great playmaker of the high post uh, even. And so now he's recalled with the Thunder but has not gotten that shot to show it that he's, that he's gotten better uh, from that G League stint. The way that Usman got better in that G League stint. And so... I'm interested to see this rookie class and, and how they progress. But J-Dub did great in the first half. Needs to, needs to stay as aggressive in the second. And he had his his annual halftime check-in on the cell phone uh, on Instagram, which he tweeted about after the game. Uh, the guys at the Uncontested tweeted him that he uh, had his annual repost on Instagram at halftime. And uh, J-Dub said, always. So he did it. He, so far, he's true to his word because he did it also whenever the Thunder were getting blown out by the Rockets, uh, checked in at halftime on Instagram. So I guess he will just do that every game for the rest of his career, no matter, no matter how it's going. Let's see how long that that lasts for J dub. But for now it's a funny storyline. We'll talk SGA and we'll talk Josh Giddy coming up. But first I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at bet online folks, but online is incredible. You can be betting on these thunder games. If you want to, the thunder are on quite the hot streak in the sense of, uh, of bets this season. They won again tonight. Tonight, they were seven and a half point underdogs, but they, of course, won the game outright, so they get you with the spread or the money line, whichever you prefer uh, for OKC. You can also bet on tomorrow's Lakers-Cavs game. The Cavs are four-point favorites at home over the LA Lakers. You can also bet on future odds, such as the championship odds. The Celtics are plus 350 in the title favorites. Next up is the Bucs, and then the Warriors at 750. The Thunder odds are actually at plus uh, 75,000 ahead of the Pistons, Magic, Spurs, and Rockets. So that's interesting if you believe in this Thunder team to go on a miraculous run. But go check out BetOnline. BetOnline is where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Let's talk SGA. 12 first half points from SGA, including an amazing baseline jumper. Took another hard fall in this game. Let's monitor that for the rest of the week. But he did take another hard fall where he was kind of wincing a bit. But the play of the game, like if, if you just had to show someone one play from this game, it was this incredible spinning through the lane and one dunk for SGA over uh, over Anyaka Nkongwu. Like it was, it was jaw dropping. Like if you play NBA Two K, it was lo- it was something that he pulls off a lot in Two K. If you just drive with him to the basket and hit double square, uh, hit square twice. But this spinning dunk was everything you'd want and more. It, it, anytime that SGA dunks, it just it, it catches your attention. It's like Josh Giddey's threes. Whenever he dunks like that, it is a, it is a wow moment for sure. Finishes with thirty five points, gets two steals, five assists, six rebounds. Had a really good defensive possession also, where it was uh, defending on the help side, and the Hawks started to throw a lob play that he just broke up. Did a great job sticking his hand in the cookie jar and getting the lob play to be, of course, null and void. He shot ten of twenty five from the floor, zero of three from three, but shot. 15 for 15 at the free throw line, even though he did not get his first free throws until the third quarter. But still, got five in the uh, five free throws in the third quarter, then got the 10 in the, in the fourth quarter, and that was the difference. And that shows the resilience of SGA because we know how SGA plays. He played the entire first half. He scored 12 points, and we know how he's getting those buckets without going to the line. It's attacking downhill. And so he's attacking downhill and attacking downhill. He's not getting the call, getting a little frustrated, but he keeps going downhill. And eventually the whistle has to go your way. Imagine if SGA saw in the first half, he wasn't getting his, his calls. So then was was kind of shy or timid or tried to change his game and, and went instead to these sidestep threes or instead to shooting more mid range shots. He didn't do that. He played his game in control that he could control, which was, I can still get downhill and eventually you're going to give me the call. And eventually they did give him the call. But you don't get those calls. You don't get these 15 free throws if you just, in the first after the first half, go, ah, okay, I guess I'm just going to jack up threes this game because I'm not getting any calls down low. No, keep applying the pressure. Put on more steam, and eventually things will break your way, and it did for SGA in this one. So I thought that that was really, really good from SGA. And for Josh Giddy, man, he went uh, one for two on logo threes because he had to just chuck up two of them because of the because of the possession stalling and the shot clock winding down. But that logo three, I would not trade it in for the world. That was incredible from Josh Giddy, who scores uh, 17 points in this game for the Thunder. He he had 17 points in this one. 12 of them came in the fourth quarter, which were great to see from, from Josh Giddy, who took over in the fourth quarter. Josh Giddy. Let's review. 17 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds, a steal, a block, 1 turnover. What were the biggest knocks on Josh Giddy this year? The turnovers being an issue, down to 1 in this game, and the shooting, scoring ability. He had 17, including 12 fourth quarter buckets, you know, 12 fourth quarter points with only 1 turnover to, shoot, you know, to boot. Steal, a block, 2 for 4 from 3, um, 1 for 2 in the, in the logo category, but 2 for 4 from 3 overall, 41% from the floor. He just took over this game in the fourth quarter like he did against Minnesota. 
I've been, I've been pleading with you to give this guy time to grow. And he's showing you why he can take over games. Him and SGA can work together, but he hasn't even played in 82 NBA games yet. So you're going to have to give him time. You're going to have to let him thrive eventually. So when he has games like against New York and against Boston and against Minnesota and against now uh, Atlanta, you're seeing the potential of what this pairing and duo can be. You're seeing how the Thunder can survive the SGA-less minutes in the fourth quarter to start things out. It's That's whenever Josh Giddey takes over. Did it also against Chicago? Did it also, you know, in all these various games where he plays a really good fourth quarter, no matter how he starts out the game. And in this one, he had 12 fourth quarter points. Uh, Isaiah Joe had a nice game, three for four. He only shot three-pointers, had a nice sidestep, step back three even, uh, two assists, two steals as well. It's getting dangerously close to where Isaiah Joe is demanding rotational minutes, just demanding them. Because if you rank this roster, how many pieces can you, forgetting about expectations, burning your expectations and assumptions, as Sam Presti would say, how many people can you realistically put above Isaiah Joe and who deserves minutes. We're going to do that later on this week, so stay tuned for that on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. I think that Jeremiah Robinson played really well too. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 for 2 from 3. Would have even liked to see him uh, pop another 3. There was a there was a play where uh, he got the ball swung to him at the top of the key and he was being defended at the free throw line. I would have liked to see him just shoot that 3 Without hesitation, he kind of hesitated a little bit and then just kept the ball moving and didn't take advantage of that uh, lack of respect from three-point line. Now, inside the arc, he went two for four. That's, of course, going to have to improve in the future. But I think that JRE like, is proving himself to be a legitimate rotational piece in the NBA. And I think that his future with OKC is a little wonky um, or a little less cut and dry. But this is a guy that can really play and can really help an NBA team. And I think it'll be the Thunder, but... Uh, you know, that's going to be some tough waters to navigate throughout these next couple of off-seasons. So, how did the Thunder win this game? Atlanta once led by 14 points. The Thunder once led by 9. There were 11 lead changes and 7 ties. The Thunder were out-rebounded 54-49. to The Thunder, despite committing two fewer turnovers than Atlanta, who had 18 turnovers, lost the points off of turnovers by 9, 19-10. OKC had two more points in the paint. The, uh... Teams tied in second chance points with 17. OKC had three more fast break points, 19 to 16. The Thunder shot better from the floor, from three, and from free throw. That's how you win. The Thunder shot 45% from the floor. Hawks shot 43. Thunder shot 35% from three. Despite their horrendous, like, 0 for 11 start from three, they shot 35% from three. Hawks shot 34. Thunder shot 95% the free throw line. Hawks only cashed in on 76% of their free throws. The Thunder had six in double figures. Atlanta had five. Trey Young had 23 points, but shot just 31%. And then Jonte Murray had 24 points on 47%. OKC by the day, seven and a half. That cashed in. And then the MVP of the game. I let, I let you all vote on Twitter who the MVP of the game was. A lot of no, uh, a lot of write-ins for Usman Jang, rightfully so. That's why we led the show off with Usman Jang. But the fan vote was SGA, uh, who was the MVP. Uh, but as you know, I like to give a lot of credit to, to multiple players in this category because it's going to be SGA every single game for who the MVP is. And that's just the way that the cookie crumbles. So with that being said, how would you grade this game on a scale of one to 10 
10 being it was a near perfect game for your expectations and what you want to see. Zero being it was a terrible game. I don't think they don't going to give it a zero. Uh, but also, who in your mind played the biggest role in this game? Because I think that it, I think that, that the debate can go a long way. So you can go to SGA, who is, of course, at 35 points. You can go to Josh Giddy, who took over the fourth quarter. And you can go to Usman Jang, who really saved the game in the sense of made it competitive enough in the third quarter to end the, to end the third quarter to even give Josh Giddy a chance to take over the game, to even give SGA a chance to to win the game, right? Like, he, he's the reason why he had a shot to, to, to win the game. So is it Usman? Is it Josh Giddy? Is it SGA? Let me know in the comment sections on YouTube. Subscribe across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. And I'll remind you again on tomorrow's show and Wednesday's show. But you can watch Wednesday's Grizzlies game with me on Watch Playback. So just go to Watch Playback, look up, look up Locked on Thunder. You can watch the game with me over there. You can actually see the game and, of course, hear me talk about the game in real time over there on Watch Playback. So, Go check that out. Follow me on Twitter for the link at Rylan underscore styles. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.